listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. From the Windy City Slam Studios in Southwest Suburban Joliet, this is Mike Pankow, and this is the Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome everyone to the show, and this week we have a very special guest with Warrior Wrestling coming up this week, this Saturday, June the 5th, and Gali Lucha Libre this Sunday, June the 6th. We have legendary longtime Chicago luchador. Gringo Loco joining us in just a little bit. But first, let's take a look back at AEW's Double or Nothing. It was this past Sunday night, May the 30th, at a jam-packed Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. They filled it up, 5,000 strong. And in the main event, the Stadium Stampede, the Inner Circle, defeats the Pinnacle when Sammy Guevara pinned Sean Spears in the ring at Daly's Place. After the match basically started all over TIAA Bank Field, where the Jaguars play, and then they also fought a little bit through Daly's place, but the match ends in Daly's place with the decision. Guevara gets the win. Really fun match. A lot of crazy stuff. I'm sure Jim Cornette's going to go absolutely crazy talking about it on his uh, YouTube channel. That's to be expected, though. Uh, He's not exactly the biggest AEW fan out there. I enjoyed it. It was a crazy little brawl. Inner circle stays together. That's kind of how I felt going in, and that's how it is coming out. So we'll see how the future of the pinnacle goes. I think I really like that faction as well. MJF, probably best heel in the business. I think they will continue rebuilding after this match. And in the AEW Championship match, Kenny Omega retains, defeating Pac and Orange Cassidy. Lots of belt usage by Mr. Omega. Uh, He used all four of his uh, championships, the AAA Mega Championship, the Impact Championship, the TNA Championship, and even the AEW Championship belts to batter his opponents late in the match. Then he he beats Orange Cassidy with a crucifix pin, and that was it. Kenny Omega goes on, and he will next face in two weeks on AEW Dynamite. Jungle Boy, who ended up winning the 21-man Casino Battle Royal. They really seem to like Jungle Boy. Um, very athletic. Um, I love the music that they got for him. Classic song. And um, speaking of classic songs, John Moxley's Wild Thing kind of brings me back to Major League and Major League Two with Ricky Vaughn. Loved it. And then, of course, Eddie Kingston paying homage to another classic baseball movie, The Bad News Bears, with his jersey that he wore to the ring. That match, Moxley and Kingston fought the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championships, but the Bucks retain some nefarious means from them. They're further cementing that heel turn, uh, being with Kenny Omega and Don Callis and the Good Brothers. So I was not surprised to see the Bucks retain there. Uh, That was also a very solid match. Going back on my notes, yes, Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is your new AEW Women's Champion. She defeats Hikaru Shida with the um, lockjaw, 
And that's it. As I predicted, it was, it's been a momentum-building run here for Brett Baker. Brett Baker wins the title. I really like Brett. I've, I've been watching her for three years. Also for places like Zello Pro and Warrior Wrestling. She's really come on in the last year and a half. Congratulations, Britt Baker. Uh, one of my favorites, Hangman Page, defeats Brian Cage after Team Taz's interference backfired in favor of Cage. Um, Cage not happy with the attempted interference. Hangman goes over. Maybe he's back in the world title picture. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Miro defeats Lance Archer to retain the TNT Championship. I love both of those guys, and I'm finally happy to see Miro getting a good faith push, and not a silly push like he had both at his end of his WWE run and at the start of his AEW run. So good job with Miro getting some more momentum. Cody Rhodes defeated Anthony Ogogo. That was expected. Uh, Cody always makes the young talent look good in those tight matches. And then we had Sting and Darby Allen. They defeat Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page after Sting got the decision. He, uh, he beat Scorpio Sky in the middle of the ring. And, man, Sting looked good for 61, 62, or whatever he is now. Um, all four of those guys really, really good in the ring. I love Sky and Page. I know I've mentioned that they should probably be singles. I still agree with that assessment, even though I'm starting to dig the team. So we'll see where that goes in the next few weeks. And a huge announcement coming out of Double or Nothing Weekend. AEW will be returning to the Chicago area with All Out Sunday, September the 5th at the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates. I'm so pumped about that. Hopefully we'll be covering that again like we did a couple of years ago. That was a heck of a show. Maybe this time I won't be hit with a water bottle by Pac in the press conference, but we'll see about that. And in addition, WWE announced a return to the area with Raw on Monday, August the 2nd at Allstate Arena in Rosemont. All right, when we come back, we will be bringing in our guest, Gringo Loco. Mike Pankow from Windy City Slam Podcast. And right now, joining us on the line is longtime Chicago area luchador, the base god, Gringo Loco. How you doing, Gringo? Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm glad to have you on. It's been a long time coming, like we were just saying before the show. Um, so you have been wrestling for now for close to 20 years, correct? Uh, just past 17. Yes, sir. Uh, it's been a long Oh, road. 17. Okay. Yeah, for 17 years. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you always wrestle a Lucha style as Gringo Loco? Or were you some other character when you started out? Yeah, so uh, I've been Lucha Libre from the very beginning, but uh, had a little bit of a name change. I came in with the name Time Page, and it's funny. I'll go to some of these shows, and there'll be a fan that'll, like, yell at, yell out at me, you know, hey, Time Page, and I'll just, like, sit there and smile because that name is 17 years old, and the people still remember it. Uh, it was just a name that I picked in high school, and I thought it was cool, and I spelled it weird, but it ended up not being uh, – my moniker that I would use for the rest of my years in wrestling. And that's time spelled T Y M E like crime time in WWE. Correct. 
Yes, and then later on when they debuted, I was like, see, I knew I had something. I just didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so as you were growing up and getting into the business, how did you get into Lucha and that style and culture? Uh, what drew you in about it? So I was always WWF superstars on Saturday morning. Um, I fell in love with wrestling the first day I saw it. And, uh, you know, high school came around and uh, I, w I wanted to just try to just mimic what I would see on the television. And uh, we went to like a tumbling gymnastics blue floor and we would do, you know, stunners, rock bottoms, Pearl River plunges and uh, just stuff that we saw on TV. We didn't know any better. And lo and behold, we were there for about two years, didn't know about any wrestling schools, nor did we have the funds to even pay for wrestling school if we were to find one. And a uh, wrestler came in by the name of uh, Wizard, and he uh, he was doing some tumbling, just trying to like get rid of some ring rust, I guess. I'm not sure what the story was, but he eventually, long story short, brought us to our first gym, and it was a Lucha Libre Mexicana gym uh, here, right here in Chicago, uh, not too far from where I was living. So... I mean, I got into that atmosphere, and I've never looked back. Crazy. So was he your, your original trainer, or uh, who else had a hand in training you? Yeah, I wouldn't say he was a trainer, uh, but he definitely got my foot in the door. Um, my very first trainers were the Escobedo brothers, uh, pretty well known down in Mexico, especially in Guadalajara, Mexico. Uh, the name is pretty legendary, and uh, it was two brothers, and uh, I wrestled with their sons who were really young at the time, and you know, they got me up to speed on like what was, you know, the art of Lucha Libre and how to base and how to fly and just how to be as fluid as possible in the ring. Um, and then they actually uh, down the line gave me the name Gringo Loco. But again, I didn't know anything in Spanish or any anything about how to, you know, translate anything. So I just thought it meant crazy white guy because of how I would act in the locker room sometimes. And uh, <laughs> come to find out it was because they thought I resembled in the ring and uh, physically of Art Bar. And that was a huge revelation of my career, too, when I was almost out of the business. Um, I saw my first video of Art Bar, and I realized how similar we actually were. And I had never seen his work before. And I decided to give it, like, one more push. Uh, and I'm still in today. So my style has definitely changed a lot more over the years than Art Bar. But um, he definitely has had an influence on my career, for sure. Very, very cool. And Art, I believe, was a guy who worked out on the West Coast and in Mexico as well, uh, from what I remember. Is that how you remember him as well? Yeah. So uh, I, I know him pretty much because he tagged with Eddie as the Gringo mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the heat that they would get, man, was just mesmerizing. I remember seeing it for the first time. And I was already really causing that type of heat without seeing his work ever in Mexico City. So that's why I knew that I had to continue wrestling at that point. Uh, because it was painfully obvious that it wasn't over yet. So um, the whole base God uh, character or concept or whatever, what does that mean? So I get this question a lot. Um, a lot of people think it's for bass music, which people you know could take it that way, but bass music is spelled B-A-S-S. -S. Um, mm -hmm. So base God came from an idea, me and uh, Joaquin Wild, formerly known as Shima Zion, um, are sitting on the couch and we're just watching Lucha Libre tapes and stuff. And, uh, you know, we're looking at these big monstrous bases who really just have never dropped anyone uh, on dives, on like big risky moves to the outside. And I look at him and I say, 
man, these guys are like God to face, bro. Like they never have dropped anybody. It's just incredible. Like to, to reach that peak of, uh, of talent in that aspect of this art. And he was like, well, have you dropped anybody? I was like, no, not really, man. I, I pretty much grabbed everything that I'm supposed to grab and like taking care of everybody's life. He's like, well, then you're a base God. I was like, really? I was like, I'm the same as Ultimo Guerrero. It just doesn't seem like it's like, I think you're in the same category. <laughs> so I said, man, that's, that seems pretty cool, bro. Let me, uh, I'm going to start calling myself the base God and see what happens. And then like people kind of gravitated towards it. It's kind of catchy. It's really cool. Um, now uh, you've wrestled for many, many different companies around the Chicago area. Uh, some of the more active companies now, uh, places like Golly Lucha Libre, you're the former champion there, obviously. Uh, freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground, AAW currently, Zello Pro, as well as Warrior Wrestling, and, pro and plenty of companies that probably no longer exist. And you've also worked for MLW recently. Now, how did the MLW opportunity come about? I mean, it was really, uh, it came out of left field. I was uh, just kind of partying in Vegas. It was a Thursday, and uh, I get a phone call from, I believe, Conan saying, yo, are you in Chicago? And I said, no, unfortunately I'm not. He's like, well, can you be here by tomorrow? And I said, well, I got two more days in Vegas, but uh, what's what's up? Like, what do you need? He's like, oh, uh, we want you to do the MLW show in Chicago. It'll be a good opportunity for you. I said, well, all right, I can definitely be there by tomorrow. So I had to like stop the partying and I had to get on a plane the next morning to get, you know, get to the show right when it started. I remember it was raining. It was just like a, a weird, dark feeling in Chicago as usual. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I see the lineup and it's against uh, Marco stunt. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a fun night because we had worked previously in uh, GCW a couple of times. So I knew it was going to be easy and fun. And I literally just, uh, I just did what I've always done. I, I make, you know, the baby face look like a million bucks or try to at least. And uh, we, we did the match. The match was great. The people were into me. The people were into the finish. Uh, the whole match as a, as, a, as a whole was over. And they were going to be in Milwaukee two weeks after that for two dates. And I got a phone call saying, hey, uh, we'd like you to sign with MLW. Here are the terms. And if you'd like to, we'd, we'd be happy to have you a part of the team. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I never imagined myself being, you know, signed to a, a company, a major company like that. I, of course, I jumped on it. I didn't have, you know, I, I was just an indie wrestler at that point. So, of course, I jumped on it and I've been giving my all ever since in an MLW ring. Yeah. Did it make it a little easier for you to make your MLW debut in Chicago, probably in front of a whole bunch of fans who are already familiar with your work and, and, and your style and all that? I would say so, but in terms of nerves, it, the nerves were, were 10 times more than any other show I've ever been on because it was kind of like make or break. I mean, we, we always, as professional wrestlers, think each big opportunity is make or break, but that one I really think was my calling, like it's either now or never. Um, and I'm glad that I was paired with Marco Stunt because I was able to like really showcase what I'm about and what I do basing-wise. So they really liked it, man, and I was, I was signed. And in Miami, two weeks after that, it was it was a crazy uh, roller coaster ride for sure. Absolutely. Um, now I'm going to bring up a name that a lot of people have talked about over the last year or so, and uh, and his influence on lucha libre. Uh, Discovery uh, passed away a little over a year ago. Um, he was just a guy that a lot of people admired, and someone who had a hand in uh, helping a lot of younger wrestlers around the area over the years. Now, what well, what kind of um, impact, or even like what kind of like interactions have you had with discovery in the past yeah so very very deep impact um 
you know, this is a guy that I've known my entire career from the very beginning. Back, he he goes all the way back to day one from that gym that I mentioned earlier. Uh, he was there, and he was always around. And I didn't know the language back then, but I knew he always had a, a charisma about him that I gravitated towards and just tried to communicate with, you know. And actually, you wanted to talk about, you know, helping people get better and get to the next level. Uh, the reason why I'm back in professional wrestling now, I was completely out for a long time. And I just happened to see him at a show. I would do like festival shows in Chicago just because they were fun and easy. And I get, you know, the crowd reactions to just leave and go back about my life. And I saw him in the back after one of these festival shows. He's like, hey, man, this is as easy as it was, he said. Hey, why don't you come up to training on Tuesday, man? Uh, it'd be good to see you again. And just because of that statement, I haven't stopped training for the last three to four years. It was just because he asked me to come, and then Shima came, and then all these other guys started becoming good and, and leveling up in their game. And it's just been, you know, one thing after another just because of the invitation from Discovery. And I always remember him because of that. Uh, in terms of impact, he's he had a very significant uh, presence in my career for sure. Yeah, and even if a guy who, you know, some guys that focus on Lucha Libre or even guys who just maybe have a couple of moves in their repertoire, even a guy like GPA came out and, and, and praised Discovery for uh, just having just that little bit of influence in his career. I mean, he's a guy that kind of touched a lot of different people, a lot of different styles. I, I just thought that was kind of a cool um, – cool way to remember him as a guy that would just help out whomever uh, he encountered. Oh, uh, he was, he really, really was the best. I mean, they did a whole documentary on WWE television uh, to him. Kalisto, Shima, Ali all came out and, and really let the people know how special this person was because he really was just about helping people get better and to the next level. And I feel that, you know, for a lot of ways, Shima, and Ali and Kalisto, they still have traits of, of Discovery in their work. If you knew Discovery as well as I did, you can see it in every one of their matches. So, you know, rest in peace, Discovery. It was a great man. And uh, I'm glad to have met him in my career. Uh, you have been really busy lately uh, in, the, in the Chicago scene over the last couple of months as companies start to reemerge from the whole pandemic, quarantine, and all that, especially for Gali, who seems like they've, they've been the busiest company around, uh, two, three shows a month, and, and you're there pretty much at all of them. Uh, basically, this coming weekend, uh, June the 5th, and then uh, I believe June the 6th, you have a little bit of a busy um, schedule with Warrior Wrestling on Saturday and then uh, Golly on Sunday, correct? Yes, absolutely. But, uh, you know, Galley has a really special place in my heart, man, because uh, it's a special place. I know a lot of people that work there that would say the same thing. Um, but he's a special guy and it's a special place. And I've, I've had a lot of great opportunities to work uh, top talent from all over the world, right at Galley Lucha. And... Uh, you know, same goes for Warrior. I mean, this weekend is special, too. I mean, I was able to have my uh, my dream match of my career there with uh, Volador versus uh, Gringo one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, that's something yeah. that I never in a million years thought would happen just because of everything that comes along with CMLL talent and the politics that go along with it. Um, 
And, you know, initially it was going to be a tag match, whatever. And it just started lining up to where I was just, let's just do one-on-one. And I was just like floored. I was like, let me just see, you know, let me see if this actually happens. Even all the way down when we got to the arena, it was like, let's see if this happens. Because it just, it seems too good to be true, you know. Um, I remember that well. I was uh, like in the aisleway taking photos and I saw he gave you like one of those uh, hurricanranas right off the stage. And man, you took a hit on that uh, solid wood floor. Man, I think you were going to get up after that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, you can imagine over the years I've taken some pretty crazy stuff and my back is pretty much used to all this. But that was actually one of the ones that I felt. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afterwards, man. That was that was a rough one for sure. Crazy, yeah. And now back to Warrior real quick. Um, the big stadium series show, they're bringing Lucha Libre back in grand fashion, and they're going to be crowning the first ever Warrior Wrestling Lucha Champion. And now this is a unique match that we discussed with uh, Steve Tortorello on the show a couple weeks ago. It starts off four on four, and then that winning team moves on to the next phase where – it's uh, the, the winner of the fall picks a partner against the other two. Then it's a two-on-two match. And then the winners of that second match go on to the final phase, one-on-one, and the winner will be crowned the champion. And real quick, um, it's Gringo Loco, Laredo Kid, Golden Dragon, Aramis, Erez, Canis Lupus, Dragon Bane, and Black Torus. And these are all guys that all you really know very well, and you've worked with a lot of them. So um, what's this going to be like for you? Uh, it's going to be wild, fireworks, pyrotechnics, everything you can imagine. Um, this is one of the matches, uh, the Lucha Libre All-Stars, all the independent guys that are able to do dates uh, that don't have major contracts right now. Uh, they're all going to be at the same in the same ring at the same time. It's just going to be explosive excitement. That's the only way that I can describe it. Now, have you actually watched any of the previous um, War of Attrition matches and seeing how they played out? I have. Yeah, I was always, I was in-house for all of them. Uh, I definitely took my seat and watched how everything broke down. Absolutely. Yeah, those were some uh, hellacious matches. Even the women's match was great. Uh, probably, arguably, maybe one of the best ones they had was the women's one. It's uh, an amazing concept, and Steve and Eric have done a really good job with that. They found some really good talents. And their commitment to the Lucha Libre style is awesome as well. I mean, they're, they're, they bring in a great variety of, of wrestling talent. And, and what, what's, your pers- what's your thoughts on Warriors Wrestling's um, treatment of Lucha Libre. I, I love it. I love that we, we're, we're starting to get like our own little corner of the Warrior shows. Uh, I think every, every major show should have a Lucha corner. I've been passing this off, this idea off to a lot of promoters that I'm close with. I just think that it's, it's such a special, different type of art, different from the American wrestling that everybody's used to seeing. And I love that it's finally getting the love that it deserves. Uh, the concept of uh, the War of Attrition match is just great. I mean, and this one is is for like a brand new belt. So, you know, the pressure is really on. Everybody's going to be bringing their A game. Everybody's going to be in tip top shape. They're going to be 100 uh, percent. Got to give a shout out to my uh, to my guy, Golden Dragon. Uh, he's going to be debuting. It's a huge opportunity for him to be seen. And uh, so everybody remembers his name as well. He's been working hard, lost a bunch of weight. And uh, he's looking better than ever, and I think he's going to do fantastic. And then, I mean, we can go down the list, but it's just like 
grade A top talent. You know, Dragon Bane, Cannons, Lupus. I mean, Black Taurus killing it on on Impact. Uh, the King of Kings, uh, Laredo Kid, just killing it. He's you know worldwide every weekend. He's somewhere. Arez is on his way up, just becoming better and better. His ideas, his strange style, just incredible. Uh, just a different type of style that you know the people are loving. Everywhere he goes, there's money thrown in the ring. Every time I've shared, had the pleasure of sharing a ring with him, there's money in the ring. Um, and then you have Ar- Aramis, who is just unbelievable, uh, a flyer, young kid, hungry, humble. Uh, it's just, it's the best group of guys for you know possible for this time in Lucha Libre. All at, all at the same time. You know, Warrior's really doing it right. Now, you've put in some time in Mexico, I'm sure, obviously, uh, with the whole character and the training and all that. What is it like to perform down in Mexico with all that tradition? Uh, it's probably the golden years of my career. Um, you know, they, they treat it a lot different down there. I mean, it's like, it's like a, a religion. Uh, you know, packed houses every day, even like during the week, there's wrestling shows and people are just... They, they clamor and they just want to be in the show and just want to throw popcorn at you, you know. I mean, it's uh, it's one of the best atmospheres you can work in in professional wrestling. I mean, if you're a wrestler and you, you like Lucha Libre, you have to wrestle in Mexico City at some point in your career. I mean, the fans, the culture, the food, everything is just fantastic. So through your career, wherever you've wrestled, I mean – is there a favorite opponent or a favorite match for Gringo Loco? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so it's it's it is Laredo Kid. It's number one, but you know, over the years, uh, I've had some really good matches with um, Walking Wild. Absolutely, he was he was my mentor for a long time and keeping my head on straight. Uh, in terms of favorite matches, Volador is up there. Um, there is a lot of stuff that we did in AIW in Cleveland, Ohio, that, that really come to mind. Uh, we would have like these crazy Lucha Libre, like four team, sometimes six man, sometimes eight man, just like crazy flippy, you know, not caring about our life uh, uh, matches. And the, every time somebody, you know, brings up favorite matches that I've had in my career, I, I immediately think of AIW in Cleveland because they would book all the best guys at the time. And we really just didn't care about anything. We just wanted the match to go incredibly well, and it usually did. Years ago, earlier in your career, you tangled a time or two with uh, a guy by the name of Samurai Del Sol, and you mentioned his name earlier. People know him as Kalisto from WWE. Now, what was it like to be with him, uh, another Chicago-based luchador? Oh, no, he was, he was, he's been great since day one. Very humble, very hungry. Um, I remember him uh, just wanting to learn all the time, and that's what it really takes to become great. Um, and we had some cool matches. I remember a funny story. Uh, you know, Galley's been around a long time, and there was one time where somehow we were booked in an ice rink, and the ring was in the middle of the ice, and the fans were in the bleachers way over there. And I remember, you know, we're we're doing the match or whatever. So I had a I had a I had to take a head scissors out the ring. And yeah, I, I landed on ice and there's a video of it and I start selling the ice and everything. So that's one of my fondest memories of working with Kalisto for sure. Um, but yeah, great. I mean, I, his success has been undeniable. I mean, nine years in the WWE. I mean, who knows what's next for him? He looks incredible, you know, physically. And uh, he's always been a good dude. So shout out Kalisto.
Yeah, he's totally jacked now. I mean, in the few months before he got released by WWE, I mean, I mean he's got like an eight-pack going on. It's just amazing. I mean, it's amazing. I, I wouldn't know anything about that, but I'm happy for him. <laughs> <laughs> You're more like the normal dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know anything about an eight-pack either, uh, unless it's like an eight-pack of pop or something. Exactly, so, uh, <laughs> or beer, yeah. <laughs> or beer, yep. All right, Gringo Loco, thank you so much. And um, before we let you go, uh, go ahead, promote your social media and any upcoming shows that you'll be working. Well, I mean, obviously we got the fun warrior show coming up and we got Galley a day after. Um, I got a couple dates coming up in Texas and Delaware randomly. That'll be fun. Uh, a couple LA dates, but social media is uh, Twitter is at, at uh, Gringo Loco OG. And then the, Instagram is I underscore am underscore base God. I am base God with underscores in the middle. And then uh, Facebook, not really on that, but uh, Charlie Santo. It's just shoot name. So I really appreciate you having me on, man. Hey, no problem. Thank you. All right. Fun interview with Gringo Loco. Some great points about his time in professional wrestling, his relationships with DJZ slash Shima Ion slash Joaquin Wilde. The influence Discovery had on his career, uh, his dream match with Volador. Great listen. And if you want to listen again, catch us on demand or any of our episodes, Windy City Slam, from whenever you find your favorite podcasts, or go to WindyCitySlam.com, and you can check out the most recent episodes there as well. All right, so pointing forward to this weekend, as we talked about a little bit with Gringo, Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series. Saturday night, June the 5th, at Dave Matteo Field. That's the football field at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. And that main event of that show with Gringo Loco is the War of Attrition match to crown the first ever Warrior Wrestling Lucha Championship. Again, in that match, we got Gringo Loco, Laredo Kid, Golden Dragon, Aramis, Arez, Canis Lupus, Dragon Bane, and Black Taurus. And moving on to other matches on that card, Kylie Ray defends her Warrior Wrestling Championship against Holiday. Then we have the Warrior Wrestling Championship. Trey Miguel makes his first defense as champion against Tiger Style Lee Moriarty. And this is going to be a banger of a match. Sam Adonis taking on always ready Matt Cardona. Woo woo woo, you know it. Casey Navarro versus Cole Radrick. Then we have the Impact Knockouts champion, Deanna Perrazzo versus Ray Lynn. Warhorse against Jake Something. A match between two favorites from Black Label Pro. Then we have Beast Man against Congo Kong in a big man match. And my prediction for a happening at Warrior, we're going to see Robert Eagle Anthony and Frank the Clown, even though they are unbooked. And Steve Toronto says they can buy a ticket, but... They're going to crash the party however they want to crash the party. You just never know what Frank the Clown has up his sleeve. But I guarantee you will see both of them there at some point. What kind of trouble will they mix up? I don't know. We'll see. Wait and see. All right. Also this weekend, we have Pow Entertainment's Summer Explosion at Rumpel's in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. Big matches there feature Pow Champion Paulie Tomaselli. He defends the title against Scott Spade of Noise, Booze, and Tattoos. And then we have the veteran ice pick Vic Capri taking on Tyler Sullivan in a street fight. Plus we'll see POW Tag Team Champions IPA and POW Midwest Champion Max Holiday. 
And as we talked about a little bit with Gringo Loco, Golly Lucha Libre, Sunday, June the 6th in Villa Park. On that card, of course, Gringo Loco, Golden Dragon, Bandolero, Golden Star, Laredo Kid, Black Taurus, and many, many more. So check out Golly Lucha Libre on Sunday. And for a lot of the Chicago area events, Southeast Wisconsin, Northwest Indiana, check out WindyCitySlam.com. Click on Calendar of Events, and that'll take you to a nice listing of events for the next couple of months in the Chicago area, in the region. So check out some good local independent wrestling. All right, so that'll do it for this week. I'm running out of voice and running out of time. So next week, no guest as of yet. We're pondering what we want to do, but we will recap Warrior Wrestling's exciting Stadium Series show next week on the Wind City Slam Podcast. Goodbye, everybody.